Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode, just wanted to come on and say that we recorded this before Ryan Reeves, Tyler Sagan, Jason Dickinson, and Robin Leonard decided to kneel during the U.S. and Canadian anthem before the Dallas and Vegas game. So our opinions on on Ryan Reeves are definitely different. However, we had a really good conversation and the quotes that we did use from several different players uh, pertaining to how they would step up for Black Lives Matter and racism in hockey, um, it was a really good conversation. So we didn't want to cut that out. Just let you know, our opinions are changed. I think I'm comfortable talking for both of them and saying the best part of everything was just the fact that Ryan Reeves was not alone, um, unlike Matt Dumba. And so um, it's good to see some players stepping up and supporting black players and other players of color. With that, we will get right into the episode. Welcome back to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Kelsey. I'm Christy. And let's get into some NHL talk. So since we last recorded, we know the name of Seattle. It is the Seattle Kraken. Yay! (laughs) That's what I was reading for all along. I'm so happy. That's good. I had that name prepared all along. Yeah, that's what they were saying. They had it, um, and they were going to release it, I think, the day that the Washington football team, like the D.C. football team, released their new name. So they were like, oh, let's wait. But um, now we know. It's the Seattle Kraken. Their colors are like navy blue, light blue, white, and a little bit of red. So similar to the Jets, but I like it. Yeah, I like the colors a lot. I love it, and I thought I'd never love a jersey more, but then I saw, and this was just like a fan-made one that combined the S and the um, Space Needle anchor, and it looked yeah. so cool, and now I'm obsessed with that one, but it's pretty good. I'll accept it. That's true. It always seems like the fans do it better. They do. They really do. I still don't know where I stand with Seattle. I guess I just have to see who they take from the teams that I like. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they'll be able to like recreate the success that the Golden Knights had? Or do you think, like, GMs are more savvy? There might be um, some different approaches to the draft. Um, Yeah, I think that the GMs are a little bit more savvy. And I think think that they, now that they know, they're going to try to do better and, like, not get absolutely robbed. Um, (laughs) But who knows? The GMs are are dumb. So they might just give Seattle everything they (laughs) <laughs> and we'll see a Seattle in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, with the cap situation, they might not have like a choice with who they have to expose since the cap's mm. not really going up and stuff. That's a really good point. All right, so <laughs> moving on. It's all There's downhill a... from here, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it is definitely downhill from here. Speaking of downhill, uh, the <laughs> Arizona Coyotes don't have a GM, I'm guessing. So... Don Chaika, like, just disappeared. He <laughs> did not come into work. He did not come into the arena. No one could really hear from them. And then the Yotes released a statement saying that the club is disappointment or disappointed in his actions and his timing as the Coyotes prepare to enter the NHL's hub city in Edmonton, where this, the team will begin postseason play for the first time since 2012. 
Chica has chosen to quit on a strong and competitive team, a dedicated staff, and the Arizona Coyote fans, the greatest fans in the NHL. The club is moving forward and has named Steve Sullivan and in, as interim general manager, and he has the full support of the entire organization, including team ownership, executive leadership, players, and coaches. I mean, like, does he have full support if he's interim GM? So, okay. Like, we'll take that. All right. So one of the biggest questions was why Taika decided to quit. So he wanted to interview for other positions. I think because um, it's been said that the Coyotes weren't like a weren't gonna spend to the cap. I think it's the opposite. Like the Coyotes are basically at the cap, and they wanted him to cut salary. That's the thing is that like they were at the cap and they don't want to be. And they have a new owner, and like I think the new owner is more hands-on than the previous owner who kind of let Chaika do whatever so he probably wasn't as into that so that could have created some tension I guess yeah I have like a excerpt from an article um and it was saying that about a month before Chaika quit um and the NHL owner, I guess the Devils, asked if they could speak to Chaika. And um, the Coyotes owner declined and was like, no, you can't. Because he Chaika just signed an extension in November for four more years. Um, or, and it's like four or three, because one person's saying four, another person's saying three. Um, and then um, the owner was like, I'm pretty upset and like spoke to Chaika about that. They told Chaika that that it was inappropriate to to do something like that and explore opportunities or to even discuss it. And it should be revised at a uh, appropriate time after the season. But apparently Chaika still wanted out. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe this is going to be like a moment that the team can rally about around and maybe they'll be in the final. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I actually don't <laughs> think Arizona has what it takes to get to the final but then again i root for the pens so who knows um they might i spite spite can take you can take you far arizona's goaltending is very very good i'm just wondering like why chica would want to move from arizona to the devils or you know assuming the devils were the team that wanted to speak to speak with them when like arizona could pretty much be in the playoffs the next couple of years Versus, like, the Devils who aren't. I think it's because the the people that own the Devils, they also own, like, a bunch of other stuff. Like, they own the 76ers, and they own, like, a soccer team. And, like, I guess he, like, they were giving him, like, part ownership in that, I think. So, and what I heard is the way Taika was um, basically selling it to the owner was that, the move wouldn't be hockey-based. It would be um, more statistics and other other sports. But then, like, that was a lie, basically. Like, it's more... There's more hockey involved than what he said. So, yeah, I don't know. Taika seems like a snake on this one, not gonna lie. <laughs> no, yeah, like, absolutely. And, like, what was he thinking? Like, he takes that job and he still is the GM of Arizona? Like, no. I don't think that's possible. So, yeah. But, like, this isn't surprising to me because I feel like I've heard that Chica is a snake. Or, like, he's not as, like, computer boy. Like, he's a good big copy. So, like, I don't know. I can't, I'm not surprised. 
Sucks for the Coyotes, though. Like, it was like they were just kind of getting their footing and finally getting into the playoffs after eight years. And their GM's like, all right, bye. Or well, actually, no, he didn't say bye. He was just like, like, red. He just took his stuff and left. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to leave a job. I know. He, like, I know. ghosted them. Yeah, he did. I wish I could ghost my job. <laughs> just like leave. how like what a power move it is a power move. Where is he like, also he can't the... ever get a job another job after like after this because people i mean like, i'm pretty well, sure he's just, like he's up and no left. he could he could i do think that that's like it's really interesting that he you know isn't i don't want to say fully committed to hockey but like he's also open to you know looking at other sports and looking at their analytics and everything. Hockey culture is exhausting and probably mm-hmm. having to talk to the same like 10 old man, old men is probably like not fun. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just can only look at it from my point of view and I wouldn't like that, but yeah, I mean, you work so hard to get to that part, get to that point to become a GM and then your team finally gets good and then you just leave. Yeah. The thing is also like really young, like he's, pretty yeah. young he's in his early 30s so he still has time to like explore other um ventures and stuff so that probably played a part in being like this job isn't it for me anymore i gotta go yeah. gotta go yeah. my own way i was just gonna say that i think what makes me so interested in how this all went out is sort of what you were getting into with like hockey cultures that like this was such like hockey always tries to be like it's a we not me but this was such like a like a me move that I, you know, I appreciate it. Good for, good for him for doing what felt right for him. I was thinking like, this is such like millennial <laughs> culture. Do you, yeah. you know that? Yeah. Like, we're just like, yeah, it's not for us. We're going to go. Like we're not at jobs for like decades. We're just like, okay, yeah. let's move to the next. That's going to propel our career and like what we want and stuff like that. But honestly, good for him. It takes a lot of balls to like move on and do something and try something new and you know because especially when people are watching too because like obviously everybody in the the yotes um is going to be wanting him to fail so and i love in the outline (laughs) christy put that john chica is a gemini so let's keep that in (laughs) mind when we uh we think about like his moves and his directions because a little chaotic um and that makes sense so moving on, as the played rounds and the round, round robins start, players are back speaking to the media. And we saw like a lot of specific players um, and their comments on the Black Lives Matter movement and racism in hockey. One of the ones that I definitely want to speak about is Nazem Kadri. He spoke out about racism in the league and the fact that like he joined the Hockey Alliance. A lot of that video was spread around Twitter and on social media. And the Avs, they posted a video. But uh, in the video, Naz, like the full video is Naz saying that like he he wished he, wished he could see uh, more from the NHL addressing racism. But the Avs video cut that off. And then when people like obviously saw that and they were like, why did you cut off his video? And they were like, oh, no, just for like time, like just for time, uh edits and then they were like here's the real the full video and then it was a video that was completely different part of the conversation to me that's just the abs like covering up covering it up again like 
always acting like they're progressive and they care and just it's just like interesting because that's one of their players I think Nas is one of the first ones um in the playoff rounds like to speak on it um like that had like video and um for his own like organization to cut off like the one part where he's like yeah I wish the NHL did more um and then act like they weren't like they did right it was something else and they they specifically cut it out because he talked they called the NHL out basically the apps are sketchy they are sketchy and like I felt that way for a long time (laughs) shady business all the time and like um I think the last like the one part that like made me or like it shows that it's not surprising that they would do something like this is because around their comments with like the Black Lives Matter and like how they stand to support their fans of color and their community and they like made it very very like toe the line like because they are heavily involved in their like um law enforcement in that area and the Mm -hmm. abs always do something with law enforcement and the police it's not surprising that they didn't like wholeheartedly force uh, or support Nas. So the Avs showing their ass again. That sucks for Nas. It really does. Um, yeah. It, when you get the courage to speak up, you would really hope that your organization would back you. And I don't know. To me, it just didn't seem like they did. Yeah. And then also, like, what did the Avs social media team think was going to happen? That, like, no one else was going to be like, hey, there's some stuff missing from here. I just... I don't know. It, it bothers me when teams like think, not just teams, I mean anything, but in this particular instance, teams like think that the fans are dumb and that, like they won't notice that like, oh, we very strategically cut this off right here because it might alienate someone. Mm. Yeah, like that just seems so inten- like intentional. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't play it off as, like, a, oh, it was just a mistake. Like, sometimes, like, sometimes some teams you can kind of be, like, okay, whatever. Like, their social media person, they can't be in charge of everything and see everything. But, like, cutting it off, like, literally right as he was about to say, maybe the NHL should do a little bit more seems very, very intentional. Doesn't it? Like, oh, sh- it's just so shady. Like, and then you're right, Kelsey. Like, they think we're dumb. Like, we don't, we don't, we're not going to notice. Like, how, like, I don't, and um, I can't speak for every hockey fan because there are some dumb ones out there. But, like, how dumb do you actually think they, that we are? Like, there's one reporter that tweets out the full video and then you tweet out half of it. And then Sue's like, I think the NHL, it's like, all right. And then, like, shows the Avs logo and it's like, hockey time. <laughs> What? Like, he clearly wasn't finished. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And, I mean, it's just... Yeah, we're done, I guess. Frustrating, because, like, as we've noticed, it takes a lot for, you know, the one player to speak up. And it's, like, they just completely cut it off. And it's, like, he's putting himself out there and, like, trying to, you know, force the NHL's hand to actually do something. And they just cut it off. And it's, like... It justifies it's, all their concerns. Like they yeah. knew that they weren't gonna have that like anyone to support them and it just justifies that. It's so funny because like when I don't know what happened. I think like when there was like the Muslim ban or whatever, mm-hmm. all of a sudden oh all these gosh, reporters, yeah. they're just like so Nazum. What do you think about this specifically? And then he's very like he was very uncomfortable, obviously. 
And then, like, now he's actually trying to be like, well, actually, what I think is this, this, and mm. this. And then they're just like, we don't, we don't need to hear that, okay? Yeah, okay, they're fine. like, oh, we didn't, th- we're not writing about this. Like, so we don't need any quotes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, didn't, at the time, didn't he play, like, live in Toronto? Yeah, he was in Toronto. So it's like, why are you asking about an American Muslim band when he <laughs> plays in Toronto? Like, I, oh, God. And I remember he used to be, like, really, like, he didn't used to speak up about mm. stuff like this. Like, he was very, like, keep my head down, like, I'm just mm-hmm. one of the guys type of thing. And then to see him, like, grow and being like, okay, like, this is a problem. We need to talk about it. And then his team is just like, actually, no, we don't. But yeah. then they'll be on Twitter and be like, hey, look at I was going to say Tyson Berry, but he's not on the team anymore. But he's they used to be like, oh, look at Tyson Berry and Nathan McKinnon. Oh, my God, bromance. Yeah. But, like, you can't, like, tweet out a full video. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so moving on to the next comment, Ryan Reeves. Um, Christy, you sent this to me. But um, so this this is Reeves' quote. He was asked, do you consider kneeling? And he said, it was discussed. You know, I think we wanted to do something as a team. For a lot of guys, kneeling isn't the way they would want to show support. If we wanted to do something as a team, my big thing was I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Or I know if I said I wanted everyone to kneel, someone or at least one of the guys would feel uncomfortable. I didn't want that. This was the best way to be able to include everybody in it, have everyone comfortable on what we were doing. And so, like, honestly, I've read this quote multiple times. And at first I was mad. And now I'm just, like, sad because, like, we just spoke about Nas, like, speaking up, you know, doing something. And then here is Ryan Reeves. It's just, like, I knew if I said something, like, everyone would feel uncomfortable. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. Like, let's just do something. So, like, we don't even know. Would he have wanted to to kneel? Would he have wanted to speak out? He doesn't, obviously doesn't feel comfortable speaking out on his own. And then he obviously, he doesn't feel comfortable making his anyone in the locker room uncomfortable and I feel like that's such a that's what a lot of these players of color felt in the past it's just sad to hear like his comments because it's like he was like yeah I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable and like at first I was mad at that but like he's like the only player of color or yeah I think he's the only player of color or Max Pacioretty on his team Let's not. but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna say who's a pl- person of color and who's not. Like, but he's one of the only, and you know, that's it's very isolating. We know that, and the fact that he just doesn't feel comfortable, like standing up and saying uh, saying something, um, that would make other people uncomfortable is just it's it's unfortunate because we need player. We need everyone. You know, it's not doesn't matter if you're. A, th- a second line guy, a first line guy, you need everyone to, to make a change. So, and to speak out. So. Yeah. And uh, um, like you mentioned this, his answer doesn't particularly say whether or not it's something that he would want to do. Yeah. He was sort of voicing it as like, is it like, what do we want to do as a team to support this? Um, but it just makes it sound like it, like he knows, he knows, or he thinks even if he just acted by himself without the team, it would still make them uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's, I think, also really, really difficult to know that, like, you can't speak out on something that's important to you. You can't protest. You have to, like, stay in line with everyone else. And it's just, that's a really hard position to be in. 
It is. I mean, that's hockey culture, right? Like, yeah. Do yeah, not stick is. out. Yes. Do not go against the grain. Like, that's, you know, and it's hard to go against what you've been taught to do for decades, right? Because Ryan has yeah. been playing hockey for decades. And, you know, that's, it's, it's a hard habit to break. Um, so that's why it just, like, shows that the players who are speaking out, like, the amount of courage that that takes is just, it's, it's it, like, I don't know, I feel like I get a little bit emotional, because it just means a lot, you know, they're, they're putting their, their self on the line, right, they're putting themselves open to so much criticism, criticism and backlash, and, you know, they're doing it for a good cause, so I, I appreciate yeah. that, and, you know, I don't, I'm not saying this to bash Ryan Reeves, because I, I don't want to do that, because I, you know, he's put in a really uncomfortable situation. I mean, I guess it kind of, one time I watched an interview with Mindy Kaling and Mm -hmm. they were, they basically asked her like, why doesn't she participate in protests and stuff like that? And then she was just like, that's not what I set out to do. Like, I don't want to be the face of Mm -hmm. like, protests and stuff I'm just trying to do my job and go home and I think even that takes courage because like the only reason they're asking Ryan Reeves these questions is because he is like the only black player on the Golden Knights so it's just like maybe he doesn't want to be a part of like any protest he just wants to like do his job and go home which is fine but it, I think it does, like, emphasize the importance of the HDA to speak out for people that are not comfortable speaking up for themselves. No, yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. That's a really good point. And you're absolutely right. And, I, the, you know, that's exactly how I felt, like, with, like, back in the day with, like, Austin Matthews. Like, I completely understand I'm not one to be the token person of color like speaking up on this you know what I'm saying I completely get that and like it's not it's not his job to to be the spokesperson for race in in hockey but it's so it's like so many times it it falls on the the players of color to speak up um or nothing or to to speak up and to hold people accountable or nothing happens All right, so the next comment I wanted wanted to bring up was uh, from Jonathan Taves, who, you know, we, like, on this podcast have, like, not gushed about, but we definitely talked about, like, the things that he was doing and how much we liked the, the route he was going. And it took a turn, definitely, after I saw these <laughs> comments. But, um, all right, I'll go read what he said. Well, there was also the COVID comments. So I was like, mm. <sighs> Oh, there was. Oh, I forgot about the COVID comment. Yeah. Ah, you know, maybe we should not be turning to Jonathan Taze for comments. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. So here's a snippet um, from an article where a writer asked Jonathan earlier this past week if he had considered how to advance the message after he put out such a powerful statement through his social media during the pause. His answer was what you heard from a lot of players. Toe said, or Taze said. It hasn't been the conversation this week, obviously. We're all getting ready to play playoff hockey. It's been a weird situation for everyone to get into this bubble situation. Literally a short training camp trying to get ready. But I think there will be a time that the conversation will go back to that. 
I think there's been a pretty positive response from guys across the league. Some of the black players in the league have been the front runners, getting guys involved and getting guys on the same page there. I think there's been some great conversation progress there. I'm happy to be a part of that. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I knew like I feel like we all knew that this was gonna happen. Like once the playoffs started, they would all just be like, "No, I don't have time to think about any of this. I have to do hockey right now. So don't even think like I can't even think about race right now because I'm trying to get the Stanley Cup. Like what don't you? So like their priorities shifted because before. Like, they were all at home, and they all had all the time in the world. So I guess now it's just, like, no hockey, so I'm going to do what I actually care about. I, like, I think it's really funny that he was, like, yeah, I'm, like, happy to be a part of it, you know? It's, like, well, I'm sorry, you just said that you didn't, like, you're not thinking about it right now. And guys, like, the players of color around the league are, like, putting stuff together and, like, informing other people. So, like, how are you a part of that? That just makes me think of how um, yesterday, which we'll get into when um, Dumba uh, spoke, had a had a speech before the Chicago-Edmonton game. Um, and afterwards, Tave said that it was a great gesture by both teams. And it's like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't play for either team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it just, you're, it's, you're not as involved as you think you are. You're not taking part you're not you know speaking out and putting your name on the line you're not doing anything like just stop or start just start start doing stuff (laughs) (laughs) and and it's just like you know it's frustrating because like you said like players are focusing and and now I want to point out in the beginning um the the beat reporter who wrote this was saying that this is a response he's getting from a lot of players He's just saying, like, oh, yeah, we're not focused on that. Like, we're focused on playing for the Stanley Cups. Like, we're, that's what we're focused on. But so many, player, like, black players and players of color that are in the playoffs are doing both. So it's, like, doable. What do they think, like, black players are asking them to do? Like, we're not asking you to start a revolution. <laughs> like, what do you think? Like, what do you think they want? They literally just want you to show, their, like, that you support them. That's really it. That, that's it. But they're just like, ah, I can't do both at the same time. Like, it's either that's hockey really or supporting you. So it's like, and after, it's, maybe, we'll, maybe I'll think about it after. Yeah. And it's like, there's, like, yes, theoretically, they have, like, all this hockey stuff to worry about. But, like, they're still in such a controlled environment. Like, they're literally in a bubble. Like, they don't have anything else to, like, exactly. go play video games. No, like. You can play video games and talk about racism like yeah like you can do two things at once it's just shocking like you're you're both you guys are right obviously but like they really are in that bubble like fucking playing video games or playing ping pong like or guitar stop (laughs) what embarrassing yeah like you should do more but it's just yeah again it's just like hard to like it's just i've just my heart goes out to all of the black players and players of color that are speaking up in this situation or in this environment, because it's like, 
you got one person that doesn't want to say anything, doesn't want to rock the boat. Then you have uh, a player, a white player, who was like, yeah, no, guys, look at this. Like, this is serious. We should be doing stuff. Educate, listening, and learning. And then they're like, ooh, ooh, but not now. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just, like, speak up now um, after the playoffs. So it's just like, this is a human rights issue, but, like, that's something that we wait to do after the playoffs. And like, you guys are both right. Like, what are we asking them for? Like, I'm not asking for Jonathan Taze to, like, go out and fucking protest in Toronto. Like, I'm not, I don't even know. Is he in Edmonton? I'm not asking him to do that in Edmonton. I'm not asking him to, like, go on, M- like, NBC News or Fox or MSNBC and be like, we need this. Like, we're demanding this. Like, literally taking a knee with Matt Dumba would have been like one of the biggest things in hockey. Yes. And that like, you don't have to like that's not gonna hurt you playing. It doesn't hockey. cost anything. It yeah. doesn't cost, it doesn't it takes how much time, like or before any of your any of the media out uh the media sessions, I'd like to say arrest the cops that murdered Brianna Taylor. Like something. Call attention to something. Yeah. And I mean like stuff like that like, there's even a precedent for it. So, like, he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. He doesn't have to, like, do something totally different. Like, just do what others have done and make it matter. Yeah, that's it. Like, step up and support. Or take in, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Step <laughs> like, down on the ice. No. Could you guys imagine if instead of um, Malcolm Subban and Nurse being there next to Matt Dumba, if it had been... Jonathan Taves and Connor McDavid as captains of their teams taking a knee with him, that would have been so, so, so good. Yeah, I mean, it would have created a ton of media. Like, I I don't know. And do you think, how much, I'm sorry if I'm getting ahead of us, but how much do you think, like, do you think Matt Dumba's presentation was all planned, or do you think Donald Trump Jr. kind of forced the NHL's hand. I think the, I think um, <laughs> Junior Trump forced them. <laughs> and I yeah, because I don't remember. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention, but I don't remember them having that whole like video montage even before the national anthem with like I don't know if you guys saw it, but they have like the whole video montage about like end racism. Blah, blah. I don't yeah. remember them having that before. Trump Jr. I remember them just like, oh, we're we're standing next to each other, um, and we're gonna, cause that's us standing against racism, and then let's do the anthem. I don't remember them having like a whole video package or anything. Wait, I have a question. Are you asking, did Matt Dumba have this planned before Trump Jr. said something, or did the NHL have stuff planned before Trump Jr.? That's a good like separation um because i'm i only ask that because i think matt dumbo was completely separate from the nhl like he asked the nhl if he could do this but i think that was something that he had planned okay beforehand i think because um because it was the it was like that was the first game i think of the start of the round rob or the play-in round so Mm -mm. it wasn't who who was well i guess it was for the west but oh well well, then maybe it was for the west because he's playing in the west yeah. So it's not like he would have gone flew to Toronto. So I think yeah. that 
that was like already pre- like that was pre-planned from him. Uh, now for the NHL, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think that was definitely a re. It's very reactionary in my opinion. Maybe the video was the NHL, and then of course Dumba's speech and kneeling was him. Yes, and like okay, him, okay. and then the hockey um, diversity alliance. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, I think that was like, yeah, I think those are two separate entities. Um, so let's get into the Matt Dumba thing, since you know, let's jump <laughs> in. Um, first of all, you know, not to be biased, but I give my life for Matt Dumba. Uh, I love him. The amount of courage this took is just like awe-inspiring. Um, so nervous he was very nervous they said before he like went out on the ice he like was in the tunnel for 20 minutes like like memorizing his speech and guess who was there helping him alex galchenyuk we knew he was sweet i knew it (laughs) who's sweet for the penguins but yeah um you know i if you haven't uh saw the um the video we'll definitely leave it in the show notes retweet it on the twitter account um, I have the excerpt here, but I won't read all of it because it is pretty long. Um, but he does say um, that he talks about COVID, then he transitions into a very important topic for him and his fellow members of the Hockey Diver- Diversity Alliance and the NHL. Um, and he says, for those unaffected by systematic racism or unaware, I'm sure that some of you believe that this topic has garnered too much attention during the past couple of months. But let me assure you, it has not. Racism is man-made, is a man-made creation, and it does, all it does is deteriorate from our collective prosperity. Racism is is everywhere, and we need to fight against it. He goes on to talk about the Hockey Diversity Alliance, wants kids to feel safe, comfortable, and free-minded every time they enter the arena. I stand in front of you today on behalf of those groups and promise you that we will fight against injustice and fight for what is right. And then he goes on to say, Black Lives Matter, Breonna Taylor's life matters, hockey is a great game, but it could be a whole lot greater, and it starts with all of us. And then he kneeled... During the anthem, and like Kelsey said earlier, um, Malcolm Subban and then Nurse Darnell Nurse was um, beside him, and they put his hands on his shoulder. I actually would have preferred them to kneel with him, but you know, I guess like, <laughs> it's like I guess I don't um, get why kneeling is so like controversial in the NHL. Like literally every other sports team has done it. Like it's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. And like I hate the um I hate the like excuse of like oh my gosh, but what if they fall or what if they slip? Like I would rather <laughs> I, I, I literally They're would fine. rather like see them like. I'd rather see them slip for racism. (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather see them, like, slip and, like, kind of struggle to get up instead of just, like, standing standing there and doing nothing. They kneel all the time in practice. They're fine. Like, like, they literally are fine. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, Like, back to, like, the topic I had. Matt Dunbar, we would die for him. What are your thoughts? I stumbled a little bit, but... His speech was very, very good. It was really good. And you could tell that it was, like, from the heart. It wasn't, like, overly doctored. It was just... It yeah. was just good. And I... This is 
I don't know if it's even considered nitpicky, but how now like the NHL and all the different media outlets and teams are just cutting out the hockey is a great game, but it could be a whole lot greater. And they're not putting in like Black Lives Matter, Brianna like, Taylor's life matters. Like, so the abs had to learn from somebody. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I I hated how like you know like the intermission talks or whatever they kind of mush the NHL and the HDA together when they were talking about it and it's just like no no like yeah. these are separate but like, that's two separate things. that's uh, that's always what the hockey media and the NHL media will do they they take credit for stuff that they did not create and that's why I think it was so important for for the HD the HDA and them to say that they are separate from the NHL because the NHL will literally take control of anything and then it will put stipulations on what they can and cannot do. And they'll take credit for a lot of the stuff. So, yeah. It's just, it's frustrating, but it that was like one of the beacon of hopes in this racism in hockey. and Because there, there is going to be a group that is not going to be silenced. There are players of color that will speak up. And I think like Nas and um, Matt Dumba just showed like our examples of that. And I know that, and I know people, there are people that have like their opinions about the HDA and like the way that they're, they are running things and the way that they are going about certain things and like the people that they support and the people that they get support from. And I and I mean that's all valid. All the criticism is is completely valid. But I mean, it's just good to see that they have created something that has given players support and confidence to speak up. Yeah, yeah. Also, Matt Dumba's a Leo, so let's like just you know Leo season. <laughs> Leo we have season. To, like, tip our hats, tip our hats to him. Matt Dumba, ugh. you just you can't not love him. No, you yeah, really can't. It's like impossible. So moving on to the NHL and the NHL's response to uh, racism and Black Lives Matter and everything. We touched on a little bit with their video (laughs) and this. Let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Right. So the Flyers and the Penguins had an exhibition game where they were like intertwined, like one pen, one flyer, one pen, one flyer. And they they were just like, like, they were like, I know they were. They were just like, this is a serious rivalry. And we're putting that aside to say that. We're sta- we stand, stand next with to each you. other. Yeah. And it's like, stand next to who? And they're just like, we stand for y'all. And it's like, okay, who's y'all? And they're like, we're standing. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> and we're just like, wait, what? But, like, does either team actually have, like, a player of color on them? No, like, I don't think the Pens do. has literally got, well, P- uh, Pierre Oliver Joseph. But he was oh, not on the roster. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not. But each team has, like... Literally rid their teams of players of color, and <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, like gotten rid of all Merged. any trace of them. Like they are gone. Every um, day he was never a penguin. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reeves, don't know him. Who's that? Wayne Simmons, I don't think he's from Philadelphia. So yeah, what were your thoughts, ladies? On that? I mean, just on everything. Like starting from the beginning, obviously, like the players are in a lot, like. 
I don't know if that's like, was that something that the NHL said they wanted to do, or was that something the Pens and the Flyers decided to do? No, I think it's the NHL. I feel like the NHL might have told, like, the teams that this is the stance that we're taking, because mm. most of the teams did something kind yeah. of similar. So I think that was, like, the memo that was sent out. Um, I thought the Penguins was really corny. Um, the Jets and the and the... Wasn't it the Canucks? Didn't they do like around around the circle? They were like, out of that circle. (laughs) Then they were also talking about like, they were also talking about like, oh, this we stand for racism and like our first responders. And Mm -hmm. they always say first responders, but like slipped in there is law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. Which is annoying. Yeah. And then Trump Jr. Trump Jr. was just like, yes, this is perfect. And then I was the just like was thankful like, oh, it no. wasn't he didn't do the pens and the flyers like their little standing. <laughs> I'm so, I'm thankful it was like the Rangers and the Islanders because I was like you know what if it's the pens then like <laughs> we are never we're not gonna be able to sleep like people will never leave us alone. <laughs> I just feel like this is typical NHL like they try to do something. They try to do like the bare, like literally the mm. bare minimum, and then it just it either gets co-opted or it's just like not enough, and then you know they have to like walk it back yeah. <laughs> or try to like do damage control, which I think Chicago and Edmonton was their like damage control, but yeah, it, it was just that's just embarrassing and it's not a good look at all. And it's just, they're, the NHL is so reactionary. They never think anything, like, they don't, they're not proactive on anything. They don't think of, like, things that they do, how that could be, like, misinterpreted or how their stance can be turned turned around. And, like, a part of me is thinking, like, are they, like, am I, like, are they that stupid? Like, do I just hate, like, the NHL and just think that they're idiots or are they, like, they know what they're doing? Because it's just, like, I don't understand how you can be in public relations and not know what you're doing. I have this conspiracy theory that they, like, do do the least to try to get, like, the racist white supremacist fans. And then they, like, hurry up and, like, do something in reaction to that to, like, try to draw in, like, non-racist fans. And it's just, like, you can't you can't do both. You shouldn't want to do both. Like... How how much effort would it have taken to put a um like a Black Lives Matter slide that you projected inside of the circle, like <laughs> too much work, too much work. <laughs> but I agree, Kelsey, that like the NHL fans are majority white, so I feel like they try very very hard not to rock that boat at all, while also trying to like not cater, but also trying to, like, seem like they're being progressive. But it's, like, you can't, you can't do both. You can't stick to the status quo and also be progressive at the same time. This is why your messages get co-opted by Trump Jr. It's just very frustrating. And I think what frustrates me the most is like the the people that try to act like they're down like they're they're just basically like you said Chrissy the NHL where it's like they're like they're like oh yeah that's that's enough right and it's like no and they're like well hey it's not our fault it's not enough it's like (laughs) like 
you're doing it. You're in charge of it. Actually, yes, it is your fault. By by you like giving the NHL like a huge round of applause by doing the absolute bare minimum, like you're adding to the problem. You could be like, yes, this is a good first step, and what else? Exactly. But my favorite thing is when people are just like, well, sports is like my escape. Like I like I sports just can't be with politics, and it's just like. Well, that's good for you that you're able to split things, but sports are is a very big platform that people can use to, like, send messages. Like, that's why the military is all over sports, because it's a very big platform. So it's not fair that we can use it for one thing, but not another. And how is it political to be like, racism is bad? That's because that, because, I mean, it's been termed that way. The Black Lives Matter movement has turn political and I mean we're very much in a polarized world so it's easy for that to just like it to be like okay if you care about black lives and you don't care about white lives and that's it's just that it's not true but it's just the way that the media and politics have just been twisted and and have split them as black and white when it's really not how can the NHL not see how far behind you know for instance you know that nba is like they're doing nothing in comparison but like isn't that like in everything that they do like compared to the nba they're always they're behind in everything they're behind in every single sport and it's just i don't know if like they just don't care or if they are just dense or if they're just very short-sighted but, like, they could be so much better and make so much more money. And yet, they just, they don't. They just want to keep the money that they do have and, you know, expand to another another place. Like, I don't know. Um, Something that I kind of wanted to bring up but I forgot about earlier was during the video package all of a sudden they showed like all the black players in the NHL but like the HDA and the NHL they've been like butting heads because they're not listening to them but it's just like how convenient that like when you want to show that oh, like, for sure. there's black people playing hockey but mm-hmm. you don't actually listen to them yeah I mean that's what they do like you're supposed to be seen not heard Oof. Only touted only touted out when they need them. With that said, <laughs> let's move on to the playoffs. Oof. Well Alright, so I have a question. So the the play in round, I thought it was like it was nailed down that the play in round isn't a part of the playoffs. Yeah. But that's now what I every, thought too. Everybody's like saying, Oh, this playoff game had two like two things. That's the first time they had two penalty shots in a playoff round since nineteen seventy seven. Like like, this isn't the playoffs. Or, like, someone was like, oh, the Penguins are now winless in seven. They haven't won a game in seven rounds or, or something like that. And I was oh, like... Oh, I saw that. This isn't the actual playoffs, though. Like, <laughs> I'm confused. But... I, I, I think guess. I think the NHL kind of wanted to split it instead of being like, this is the playoffs, this is the postseason. Yeah. For contract stuff but it just kind of got like jumbled in because whatever like yeah it's playoffs but i think when it comes to money and contracts this is not oh yeah it's not the playoffs but for like fun stats and like shitting on the penguins it's playoffs yeah i just sure. 
I just need to know if the penguins are continuing their streak or not. I (laughs) (laughs) of making the playoffs. That's what's important to me right now. Um, It doesn't look that way. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) So, um, what are your thoughts? Like, what did what did you guys think about the the bubbles? Like, what did you think about the um, watching the game, like no fans, like they have that weird music in the background. <laughs> what are your thoughts? When I heard that they were going to be piping in like audience noise, I thought it was going to be like really cringy and like obnoxious. But I don't think it's that bad. I I didn't really notice the lack of fans. Yeah, it's like I don't notice it until I do. And then it'll be, like, random cheering out of nowhere. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> or, or like, there's no booze. So it's just like, wait, hold on. There's supposed to be, like, a couple of booze here. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's fine, actually. It's not that bad. The angles are, like, they take me out a little bit. So I have to get used to, like, some of the overhead angles. But besides that, it's, like, fine. It's kind of like watching um an outdoor game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. I actually don't mind it. I actually like that there's no um, fans in the building because I feel like you can, I don't know, it's just like my eyes are just focused on the game. Like, they don't get distracted. Mm-hmm. And I like that during, well, during some, like, during a power play, like, you don't have fans, like, standing up and, like, banging on the glass. I hate it when yeah, fans ba- banged on the glass and I can see it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to see this. Like, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's definitely different and it's not as loud and yeah, I like actually don't mind it, but to be fair, the first game that I watched, I watched muted because I had to watch the hockey Canada version. And so anytime you watch a version where they're playing Canadian, a Canadian team versus an American team, it just gets too Canadian for me. And so I have to mute it. (laughs) Yeah. I was upset because, like, because we're in America, so we have to listen to, like, the NBC people, and I forgot that they were like that. Like, I was just like, what is going on? Like, they would just have random conversations, and it's just like, I get distracted when I watch hockey. Well, I get distracted when I watch stuff, so normally I'm on my phone, so I, like, depend on, like, their commentary to kind of know what's happening, and then it's just, like, they're talking about random stuff. And it's just, like, sir, I don't care what you had for dinner yesterday. Like, <laughs> what is happening? That's just NBC, for sure. Like, they're garbage. But <laughs> And, like, honestly, I normally like listening to the Canadian broadcast, but I couldn't. They were just, like, Carey Price, Carey Price. I feel like the like, lack of fans helped him. Yeah, because, probably. Because, like, normally, like have Carrie look the wrong way and the Habs fans are all over him and then he kind of loses focus so well yeah. the, I know that there was a quote from Braden Holpe and he was saying that he likes the atmosphere and no fans because he can see he's saying he was like he can concentrate better or he can see like the the ice or the play better mm-hmm. I don't know but he said that it was it was good for him so I'm guessing it was probably good and for him you don't have signs yeah. you have like signs to look look at Okay, so for the first day, um, we saw the Canes win over the Rangers, Chicago win over Edmonton, 
Um, the Islanders went over Florida, and then the Flames went over the Jets. We'll talk about the Penguins a little bit later. But any surprises? What did you guys think? Um, I saw the Canes and the Rangers You know, game. Rangers fan here. Oh, okay, it was the first game. I was just checking it out. Um, <laughs> and, and It's the, fine to be a fan. Like, it's disgusting, oh but it's fine. You're anyway. used to it. Whatever. The Rangers were, were so bad. Like, I wouldn't even say that, like, Carolina was, like, better than, like, necessarily, well, they were better than them. But, like, the Rangers were really, really bad. It was, like, embarrassing. But um, Kako had a really good game. Like, I don't know why the coach hates him, but if they played him more, maybe they would have won because he played really, really well. Um, the Chicago Edmonton game was quick, real quick. Um, did Dougie Hamilton play for Carolina? No, I don't think so. Okay. Cause I heard that he got hurt again, which like sucks for them because he got hurt and then they were like slipping out of the playoffs Then they get four months back. He's healthy and he gets hurt again. And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chicago Edmonton was really, was interesting because neither team had defense. And then Mike Smith was, Mike Smith so that was fun um and I think yeah that's it I didn't watch the other well I didn't watch the other two games with um with Chicago I didn't realize that like who is like it's this young rookie that's on Tay's line Kubalik yeah Kubalik and I had no idea who this kid was I just know that he was the other rookie in the um like for the awards it was like okay so it was Quinn Kale and Kubalik and um I didn't know if he was that good but apparently he is he had five points in his first game I didn't even know that I didn't even know that he was like a rookie I I had never heard of him until today and then the Winnipeg Calgary game so like terrible what happened to Mark Shifley I don't even know if it's his knee or if it's um his ankle I couldn't really see I saw the hit but I someone was like is his ankle supposed to go that way but I didn't see his ankle go a weird way so but I don't know but he's out so that their their first line center is out and like dude they didn't really have any centers after that I mean cop but Wheeler, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But, but he's you like don't want to depend on that. Yeah, like I, <laughs> Wheeler's a winger in my mind, but that was tough for Winnipeg. Just and especially because I thought Winnipeg looked really good in preseason, the preseason game, and I was excited to see um, how they do. I wasn't excited for this game because I actually really like Winnipeg and Calgary, and you know when you like both teams, you often get attacked. And so I was a little bit attacked last night um, when that hit on Shifley happened. And, like, I just want everyone to know, like, I was suffering, too. Like, I, <laughs> like, I didn't like that. Like, I'm sad about Mark Shifley as well. Like, I, you know, and do I like the Kachuks? Absolutely. However, I will say, like, this is no shade um, to Matthew Kachuk, but, like, Brady has always been my favorite Kachuk, and that's not a secret. <laughs> so, like, everyone attacking me about what, what Matthew did, like, yes, he's a snake. I don't, like, I don't, like, I know, like, that's, I know that. Can um, I 
just read you what Paul Maurice said because he oh, went no. off. <laughs> you heard his son. <laughs> like, yes. Please read what he said. It was intentional. It was a filthy, dirty kick to the back of the leg. You can't see it on the program feed, but you take the blue line feed and you zoom in. He went after the back of his leg. Could have cut his Achilles tendon. Could have ended the man's career. It's an absolutely filthy, disgusting hint. I don't expect the referees to find that one. You have to look at it after. And it's grotesque. Like, I agree. I no lie. You normally never agree. See, I didn't think it was intentional. Oh, no, I don't think it was intentional. I haven't been, but I felt it. It felt intentional to me. (laughs) No, I, I, like, I honestly, like, Chucky is, like, dirty. Like, get in your, get in your way, like, piss you off. But he's not, like, I will, like, end your career. Like, he's not that type of dirty. So, like, I didn't think it was, like, intentional. I thought it was shit luck. But, like, Paul Maurice is a grieving mother. Like, that's his son. Like, that's his baby boy. And, like, everyone was like, Blake coming after Kachuk. That's his best friend. Like, that's the love of his life on this team. Like, first Buff is gone, now Mark. Like, he can't take it. He can't take it. Like, don't, like, don't mess with the people that he loves. And um, I get that. I get that. And Chucky took it. Like, he, I think, I'm honestly, I think that Chucky might have won that fight. We're not talking Blake, about that. We know Blake can't fight. It's fine. We know. And but like, but like, it's not like him Blake because when Blake beat up Malkin, like, so just Malkin, Malkin really can't, can't fight. fight. <laughs> yeah, no, he can't. Please, please. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm surprised he didn't hurt himself. After yeah, I actually, when they both went down on the ice, I was very scared. But uh, I think Glyne got hurt too. Like, I think he hurt his hand. No one, which also, no one cared. Oh no! We talked about it. I didn't. I didn't hear. I didn't see about that. I think it was actually like during the game, so I don't. But yeah, I think um, they're supposed to get evaluated today. Him and Mark. The worst thing about the playoffs and like this is that they're not telling us what happened to players, so we won't really know what really happened until I guess the end of the Jets run, which sucks. That really does suck because. I feel like they were in, they could have been in, like, the best position. Yeah, I thought they looked really good, and I thought that Hellebuck looked good in preseason, and the Jets just seemed like they had it going, and yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. And, and like, we ex- like we knew something like that was going to happen, but it sucks that it happened to the Jets. Hey, let's get to, obviously, the worst in the these outcomes of the round robins, the Pens and the Canadians. The Canadians won three to two in overtime. Let's talk about the game first, and then we'll talk about our concerns for the Penguins overall. What were some cons or bad parts of the game or the Pens play throughout the game? The power play. Yes. One for seven, I believe, and they had yes. a five on three for about. Like for, like, more least, than a minute. Yeah, a minute and a half. They had they had a power play in overtime. <laughs> I, at that point, I was just like, don't don't take it. Say no. <laughs> Say no, because that's just going to give them momentum. Like, uh, uh, oof, it's so bad. Like, it's, it's so, so bad. bad. It's just, it's disjointed. Like, even outside of the power play, like, their passes weren't connecting yeah. as much, but like it, it was just so glaring on the power play. Yeah, 
Ooh, really I, awful. I, I liked in the beginning that we did see Chris Letang out with the first power play. And I think it was said that Mike Sullivan really just rotates Letang and Schultz, whoever's the freshest, gets to go out with the top unit. But I agree with you, uh, Christy. I think that they're... First of all, it was like so hard to win a win a um, a face off. So then, more times than not, they had to go out of the zone and then rush in. And without Phil Kessel, Gino is the only person to skate the puck into the zone. And like three people are on him. And I would say eight times out of ten, like he gets the puck through to the person that's like right on the the um, blue line. But the, more often than not, like. Montreal was able to get the puck out and they couldn't set up. And then once they do set up, they're cycling, cycling, cycling. Like, we get it, we get it. You guys can pass. Like, shoot the puck. Like, shoot the puck. <laughs> and, um, they was just, need like, an audience to tell them to shoot the puck. <laughs> well, there was no one in front. And you could tell that this was like one of the first times Zucker played with the top unit, which is annoying to me because if you thought that that was not like that's where you wanted him to go, then fucking do that in practice or like in a game. So it's not the first time during the first round Robin or the first playing game, but whatever. Then, so he looked a little bit disjointed and then they were, they were cycling on the outside when like the best way to score, which we saw was to put people in front of the net and get carry like moving side to side. So, and he can't see. But they did not do that. And Mike Sullivan said that post-game that they need to get more um, people in front of the net. And um, but there, and I, I did see that Mike Sullivan was trying to switch it up because there were times when Hornquist and Jake were on the same power, uh, on the same unit, um, which, like, I don't really like, but you need to find some way to get the power play working. <laughs> I was just going to say that I think the third line... I was just about good. to bring them no. up. <laughs> <laughs> just about to bring them up. Love that for us. Yeah. They just were invisible. Like, I yes. saw the fourth yes. one and they were out there. Yeah. Second and first, of course. But like, I love that. Like, you guys see what I see. Like, love yeah. that. Sometimes I think I'm going like, <laughs> insane and I'm just like screaming at a wall. But, but here's the thing. Like, I definitely thought that that third line looked questionable before the playoffs started, like, McCann, um, Hornquist, and Marlowe. I know everybody loves Marlowe because he's old. And it's always fun that someone who liked the Pens growing up is on the Pens now. However, let's be Do realistic. Really I don't. Can I just say really, really quickly, because I have to give both of you your dues, because you ladies said this when he first came, and I was, like, excited. And you guys were like, I don't think he wants to be here. I don't think he wants to play for the Penguins. No. I think he still wishes he played for, like, Toronto. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, like, he literally, I don't know why he's taking deals, because he just wants to be in Toronto. And, like, he, like, the the thing about it is with him, it's not like he was, like, in free agency and was like, oh, I want to come to Pittsburgh. It was like he got traded here, and now he has to play a game in the middle of summer and he's just here and everyone's like his speed he's still got it his speed is still got it and it's like okay but like he's not he's not wowing me like he's not wow he didn't he didn't wow me when he was on Mulkin's wing he didn't wow me on the third line it's not like he's driving a line like Mike Sullivan knew that the third line wasn't good because he played the fourth line like the third line and that's why you see the fourth line getting so many minutes and I thought that some some moments 
the fourth line looked good, but some moments the fourth line looked outmatched. And I don't know if it's because they were playing too much. I don't know if, and to be honest, I have to give them their due. Like this is the first time they played an actual, like real meaningful game in four months. So like, I get that they're rusty. I get that one game against the Flyers isn't, doesn't mean that this team is as dominant as it's going to be. And they reach their potential as a team, but it's just, I don't know. There was a lot of things that I liked, but then a lot of things that I didn't like. Um, Another con that I saw besides the third line, it was just like by the third period, they kind of just were like, they sat back and you could see that because the first period they had 20 shots on goal. The second period, I think they had like eight shots on goal, maybe 10. And then the third period they had like six shots on goal. And like, that's it needs to be like if you're gonna come out swinging like continue swinging or at least like pick it up in the the third period because they were dominating play and then you just kept seeing the Habs kept getting like breakaways breakaways like there was no extended time or very little extended time on uh in their offensive zone I thought Jack Johnson looked awful yes um him and Schultz just do not work and I'm just like wondering like what's it gonna take but before everyone's just like, all right, well, it just doesn't work. Like we need to change it. Like I, I don't. Is it the respect to Schultz? It like because if I'm Schultz, like Schultz I'm like, or Jack Johnson. Well, like, that's the thing. Like that's the thing. Like oh, Mike Sullivan's never gonna scratch Jack Johnson. Like so, I I just don't understand why you just keep put, like it. Just makes Schultz. It's gonna hurt Schultz in the long run because the Pens the Pens aren't gonna resign him, and he's getting limited minutes, five on five. That hurts his next contract. So it's like you're just shitting on him. And I get it now. I mean, you're not going to sit Schultz because he helps out on the power play. But it's like the, the third pairing is not good. Like, I don't know if it's just their communication. There's so many times when both of them are out of position. And I don't know if it's because, hey, Johnson didn't do it. Or he, or I don't know if, like, Schultz is miscommunicating. I don't know. It just doesn't work. And yet we're still doing it. I was going to say that Johnson likes pretty much single-handedly like caused the first goal he took Zach Aston Reese out of the out of the thing and then shoved the other player into (laughs) into the net and causing the goal and it's just like what does he have to do to not be trusted I mean I think one of the issues is that Justin Schultz really likes to pinch and while typically then it's good to like have the other defenseman back a little bit I don't think that Jack Johnson can be trusted no 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 he's not a good skater so it's not like he can cover right um, recover anything like and it's just it just doesn't work like it doesn't work and it's just very frustrating um so with that said let's go into the positives right like I don't I don't want to keep I don't want to be so negative on this team because there were positives I thought um John Marino Yes. looked fantastic like would I tell you like I literally like what was the last time there was a defensive pairing out with Malkin that I appreciated like I like I had nothing bad to say like what honestly when has it been like never I want to say time. never yeah yeah like I was so like so happy that how good they were like he is just so good and honestly I'm not gonna lie I had some like concerns about Pedersen because I don't know. I felt like Pedersen wasn't as good, but then again, they very rarely had like a completely healthy defense defensive team this past year and the year before he was playing with Jack Johnson. So, but them together, I forget who said it, but they said that like 
um, Pedersen and Marino are like a, a younger Dumo and Latay. Oh, and I was like, sweet. yeah, that's I can see sweet. it. Because one's very offensive and the other one covers. And I just, oh, the skating on Marino is just so good. Like Truly, he was everywhere. Like Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere like, I looked, it was like six, six, six. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was like making Trevor Daly proud. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> I was like, this is for me. I was like, this is how you solve racism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I thought he did really good. I was actually pretty surprised with the Malkin line. Um, if you know then, you know, I was not a fan of Zucker being put on Malkin's line for the playoffs because I was like, well, if that was always the goal, you were always going to put Jake back on since wing. Why didn't uh, Zucker play with Malkin in the regular season to, like, create some chemistry? Since we all know Jake and Sid have chemistry. So it's like, I was just worried they were going to mess with that second line. And they looked really good in preseason. They looked They looked good um in the game against the Habs I would have pref- like it would have been better obviously if they would have scored um because Gino was like, on a mission but it just literally was not his night um and what else looked good I thought Matt Murray looked good I was really nervous for him to start but I thought he looked fine like the first goal wasn't really his fault and the other two goals like that's only two goals I thought he looked good I thought they looked good, too. You know, I think it's really hard for me to evaluate goaltenders. To be yeah. fair, I'm always nervous when any goalie's in. Like, it could be Jari, it could be Murray. Like, I'm always nervous. Um, I feel particularly protective of Matt after that game, just mm-hmm. because, like, I see people being like, he never gives them a chance to win. I'm like, A, he made some really important saves. Yeah. And yeah. B... How about the power play doesn't give them a chance yes. to win? Right. <laughs> if yeah, they won, so. if they put in, like, if they were one for seven, if they were two for seven, like, two for six yeah. for overtime, they would have won. Yeah. yeah. No, and th- that's the thing. Like, I have my concerns. That's one about... third. Two for six is one third. <laughs> yeah, I, I have my concerns about the Penguins, but, or no, I have my concerns about goaltending. Like I said, I'm anxious when either goalie's in the net. But I don't, like, I'm not putting that loss on Matt Murray at all. Because, like you said, both you said, the power play definitely didn't, like, fucked up. Then I thought, for sure, I thought that the, um, in the in the middle of the third period, they just, like, were coasting. And I'm like, this isn't, like, this isn't the regular season. You, you can't don't get coast. a point for this. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you go to the, to overtime. Um, and then also, like, like, the third line, where are you? Like, the fourth line where are you like i like okay we need offense from that and i and i know you might people might say like oh well malkin's line didn't didn't score but it had fucking chances i get that some players were rusty i absolutely get it but i just i don't know i'm greedy i just i thought you should have beat that team and you did it and that sucks and it just makes me very very nervous because this is exactly how i felt against the islanders when everyone was like oh the pens got it the pens got it and they did it a pro for me is um, the goal scorers for Montreal. I was really happy with uh, Koko Niemi and Suzuki getting goals, their first playoff goals. Okay, Kelsey. 
I'm so happy you said that because I was about to be like, any other time, any other time, I would be very happy for them, but especially um, Coke and Yummy's goal. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That was awful. Yeah, I was not. And like, I like Ryan Suzuki, but I was like, fuck this kid. Like, I literally, as soon as you play against the Penguins, it's like, you're dead. (laughs) Except for if you're the Flyers. Okay, can we talk about how fucking dirty Montreal is? Okay, oh, uh, what's the captain's name? What's his name? Shay Weber. Shay Weber. <laughs> like, like Shay Weber. Like, come find me. Like, I'm ready. To <laughs> I would be his ass. And Ben Sherratt, who used to oh, be yeah. like, Dang. he used like, to be on the Jets. Yeah, Snake. He was terrible then, and he's terrible now. It's I'm I'm disgusted. Like I was like, wow. Like I didn't have an opinion on Montreal. Like I didn't like Brandon Gallagher because I think like he gives me racist vibes a little bit. So I'm never... like openly racist. And that might be it. I don't know. I can't remember. But he just gives me um a bad vibe. And then so I didn't really have an opinion. And then like also like Carrie Price's wife is like an anti-vaxxer. So those are the two things that I think of when I think of Montreal. Joby is on the team. <laughs> Always forget he's alive. Like <laughs> he shouldn't be playing. Like you. Yeah, are... like you are. <laughs> Get out. Oh, oh my gosh. Like this is so like this is literally irrelevant and it does not matter. But I was watching like a the broadcast or whatever and then they were just like wow it's so crazy that um max domi is playing because he has like um he has they said that he has like something i was just like just say he has diabetes like it's not <laughs> like a taboo to say diabetes they were just like health reasons like it's diabetes <laughs> like just say it i'm still so annoying like it's embarrassing what they do you first of all let me ask do you think that this team will make it will beat the canadians I, could, I, like, don't want to say, like, I don't want okay. to think. No, that's fair, that's fair. I, I do think that, like, if they get the power play together and if they, like, kind of warm up to each other, that they kind of can make it at least more competitive because when they first came out, like, they looked really, really good and I was just like, okay, like, maybe I can, like, relax and then the rest of the game happened. So I think, like, if they have that energy, like, completely throughout the series then like more goals are gonna get in like Carrie Price is not I don't want to say he's not that good but you know <laughs> I mean they got two past him like he's not unbeatable yeah no, they no, got no. two past him uh what do you what do you think Kelsey I uh, I don't know I Whatever happens, they will not make it easy on themselves. And it'll yeah. be them. I feel like the Penguins are their own hardest yeah. competitors. I yeah. think that I would absolutely agree with that. I think I'm, like, going to take Christie's route and say I don't want to jinx it. But I do think that, like, I don't want to say this team's not as special as everyone thought they were. But I think, like, throughout the season, we were thinking, especially when there were so many injuries, we were thinking, like, there's something about this team. They literally cannot stop winning. Um, there might be something special about this team. Like, they might be able to make it all the way. And right now, from what we've seen, like, I don't know if that's the case. If they do get into the play- playoffs. Do you, like, how far, like, do you see them getting past the first round? Because, like, if they do get past, like, if they get into the playoffs, they're playing one of Boston, Tampa, Washington, or the Flyers. And that is scary. Yeah. 
Like it's I it's I I'm very nervous about them playing any of those scenes. The there's something about the flyers that they're like they're never down, and then the caps play the penguins so hard. And so <laughs> they and the literally Boston's care about very nothing good. else. Yeah, like the, the Boston's just very good. And then Tampa's just their offense is it's very it's better than the Penguins. Um so. I think I think Boston is very good, but I do think that like out of out of those four teams, I think that the Penguins could possibly beat Boston or the Flyers. It I yeah, I don't know. There's something about Boston that I don't trust all the way, even though they are technically the President Trophy winners. But yeah, there's just something about them that I think is like off that I don't trust. That's that's fair. I was talking to a someone who covers like the the Bruins, and they were saying that you know they don't want to play Pittsburgh, and I thought that was surprising because I was like, Are you sure? Montreal's <laughs> <laughs> having a hell of a time. No, but um, yeah. what do you think, Kelsey? Um, I mean, to be honest, I view Montreal sort of the same way that, like, you view, like, New Jersey or the Blackhawks, where, like, even if they aren't a particularly strong team that year, for some reason the Penguins can't do it. So I almost feel like this is a significant hurdle for them, and not that there won't be significant hurdles with with any one of those four teams, I just feel like those teams might not have like this almost mental blockage that teams like Montreal and New Jersey and the Blackhawks do. Yeah. Um, but of course that might just be, you know, from my perspective and these, I, I don't know. I just, I almost, maybe it's just the fact that I know a little bit more about those teams and know what to expect when the Penguins play those teams as opposed to Montreal. So I'm like, at least they'll be familiar. They'll be like in a known environment going up against the Flyers, going up against the Capitals. You know, they, they've been there before. Whereas this situation with the, um, with Montreal is a little bit, a little bit unknown, but I just, I, I feel like, Monday will be really important obviously because it's like if Montreal wins Monday then that's two of four games um two of two three. Of three they just need to win three. Oh, that's right that's right that's two of three games yeah. <laughs> but like I I just like this was the last game I was giving them to say oh well they're a little bit rusty like yeah. no they're done now yeah like that's yeah. That's real. That's a really good point, and that absolutely agree. Like how they come out Tuesday is like how I, like my firm opinions will be set. Yeah. Or how they come yeah. out Monday. Um. All right. Well, with that, we want to say thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, anything, um, you can reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. We always want to hear from you guys, so don't be shy. Bye. Bye. Bye.